If you know me, you know I love high-quality clothes and occasionally a luxury item here or there, but I hate spending luxury prices, so I rarely buy anything really nice for myself. That was until I discovered Quince. They have so much good stuff for you guys. Quince offers a range of high-quality items at prices within reach. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters from $50, washable silk tops and dresses, organic cotton sweaters, and 14-karat gold jewelry. The best part is that everything is priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Love that. It's also really important to me that the clothes I wear are created in a safe environment. And Quince only works with factories that use ethical and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So obviously, I really love that. I bought a Mongolian cashmere sweater from Quince and no joke, I have worn it once a week, all fall and winter long. It's so soft, premium quality, and looks like I spent a fortune on it, but it was only 50 bucks. I've told all of my friends about Quint. I also love their men's line and have gotten some nice activewear and performance tees for Andrew that he loves. Give yourself the luxury you deserve with Quince. Go to quince.com slash eastham for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eastfam to get free shipping and a 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Eastfam. You uh, had a book launch. You've been on Upteen interviews. You wrote a song, yes. Racing in the Dark. Um, and our week was, how many times did we get thrown up on by the kids? <laughs> uh, dozens? A few several dozens. dozens. Yeah. So you're in zero dating apps. Okay. <laughs> Is our time up? Our, <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Couple Things. With Sean and Andrew. A podcast all about couples. And the things they go through. Today, we have one of my favorite guests I think we've ever had on the show, Maddie Jackson Selectman. You also have a raspy voice. I know. It is that time of the year, you guys. (laughs) I hope last year, Sean was sick for like two months, and I hope this one is far shorter. I feel like I'm on the up and up. Yes. So Maddie, we sat down with in person, the rare in-person interview. Uh, love that. And we talked to her about her book that recently released. It's called Lemons on Friday, Trusting God Through My Greatest Heartbreak. Mm-hmm. So Maddie's story is pretty tragic. She was married for 11 months uh, when her husband tragically died, uh, just three weeks shy of their first anniversary. We talked through the heartbreak. We talked through some very challenging questions that were even hard for us to ask. We don't know how to bridge um, the conversation to a place that you know brings pain. But it was really cool to see her perspective and her healing and kind of her journey and how she explains it. Um, I loved her perspective of I am forever married. It's just I might find someone else to share my life with until I meet my former husband and take my current husband, you know, to heaven with me. Yeah, and while this book is kind of about her experience of being a widow, she is so much more. So Maddie actually is the daughter of country singer Alan Jackson, mm-hmm. one of my personal favorites. Uh, she's also a restaurateur. She's also, uh, what do you call the people who are good with wine? A sommelier. sommelier. That's right, that's yes. right. We talk a little bit about that. Um, and she is just very interesting in general. She has an organization that she works with currently called Nashville, where mm-hmm. she helps uh, local Nashville women kind of find their purpose and get back on their feet uh, when things uh, don't go well. And you can find more about that. We'll link it down below. And she has also taken on, I don't think intentionally, she's become almost an ambassador for widows and talking about how 
to kind of build a community around them and build um, education and knowledge and support so people don't have to feel alone. Yeah, and I learned a lot. Um, I mean, so rare, I feel like, to find a widow her age Mm -hmm. um, and with so much wisdom. I mean, I really respect how she's approached and uh, kind of kind of responded to this tragic incident in her life, uh, which really seems like she's learned from it and has progressed through it. And uh, she was gracious enough to come on the show and share this with us. And hopefully you learned something as well. If nothing else, I feel like maintaining a positive attitude, um, I think due to purpose is what I learned. And she does a great job at embodying that. So anyway, if you want to find out more about Maddie and what she's up to, including her book called Lemons on Friday, we'll link it down below as well as links to her social media profiles. But without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into this one with Maddie Jackson Selectman. Maddie Jackson Selectman. It is a pleasure to have you here. You've had a busy week. This is... Yeah, it's been a busy week. I'm glad to be with y'all. Thank you for joining. How many interviews have you done this week? Uh, I would have to ask my very talented publicist in the corner over there, but it is a lot. A lot. Yeah. I Go ahead. I would say you went from the 700 Club to this, which (laughs) makes me feel so good about myself and also concerned as to why you're here. You know, I've always considered myself an onion, so I just want to hit all the markets, come from all the angles. So I'm pumped to kind of do something a little more fun. I didn't know onions did that. They kind of just bounced around. They're versatile. Is that not what that means? I don't know. I do want. Are you good? I just went down the wrong pipe. No, we're live. This is staying in here. <laughs> Are you that good? Was I, my worst wow. nightmare. This is the best uh, intro we've ever done. Yeah. I do want to. Uh, I was watching the Today Show interview you did last Friday. Uh, Tuesday. Last, last Tuesday. Tuesday. Uh, my favorite part, no offense to you, was your mom. Oh, it was the perfect <laughs> ending oh. to the segment. She was in the background filming herself watching herself. Well, at one point, is great. So I feel like you both understand that. Like your mom yes. did the same yeah. thing, do the same thing. Like she felt like an idiot. She was like. I think people think I've never left Tennessee and I'm yeah. just a redneck in New York City. I was like, uh, no, they think you're a mom. Like, yeah. what else would you do? I will say a little fun story about a mom. This past weekend, we were with Lexi. She got engaged this weekend. Oh, congrats. But there was a professional photographer there and a videographer. And it was so cute to look at her mom who had her own camera taking her own pictures. <laughs> yeah. And at one point, Lexi was like, mom, we have a photographer, but it's just a mom yeah, thing. She's like, got to put him on Facebook. So our friends can Absolutely. see immediately. Yeah. So I get it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm judging our week versus your week this past week. So you, uh, had a book launch. You've been on upteen interviews. You wrote a song yes. racing in the dark. Um, and our week was how many times did we get thrown up on by the kids? <laughs> dozens, um, a few several dozens. dozens. Yeah. Um, Honestly, what an epic week. Can you just give us the rundown of, of everything that's happened? Uh, I can sing the song if you'd like me to. <laughs> That'd be live, perfect. Yeah. Sean's going <laughs> to play the mandolin. She just learned yeah. that was an instrument. Yeah. This this was your first song you ever wrote? Yeah, it was. Wow. Um, that was pretty cool. I mean, all the all the book stuff and the promotions and just I don't, all the media, like that's so overwhelming, like in a great way. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like it feels even more surreal because I wrote all of this during COVID mm-hmm. and truly had never met any of my editors or publishers in person until I did a launch party last week. So it was Mm -hmm. all just Zoom. And to be totally honest, until I held that in my hand like a month ago, it just sort of still felt like a Word document Mm -hmm. on my laptop, you know, even with the, you know, year and a half of work that's gone into it. So for all of this to be real and actually doing interviews with people and 
getting to go to New York and sit with y'all and just all the things that have happened, it sort of felt like, oh my gosh, wow, this is actually real. This isn't just something that I did to, to, you know, heal my heart on a computer. And Mm -hmm. so to do all that was awesome. And then, yeah, the song's a whole different level of just crazy because I don't play music and I don't sing well enough to do anything besides karaoke. So I am not singing on the song. I I was about to say, I thought that was you. I I don't know if there's, I don't know if I can believe that. I mean, karaoke, I can rock. So like, don't mishear me. I'm not terrible. Uh, it begs have question. you ever? <laughs> I was say, have you ever done karaoke to one of your dad's songs? Yes, <laughs> yes, many times. Okay, what's like your go-to? Um, what do I do? I do Neon Rainbow a lot. Chasing okay. Neon Rainbow. Um, that's your go-to karaoke song. No, still, no, okay, no, okay, just okay. of dads. I've done that multiple times. You know, his octave is a little low for me. I'm much okay. more of a Miranda Lambert gal. Okay. Ah. Um, yeah, I can do her pretty well. She's my go-to. Nice. Um, question about this week though, diving a little bit deeper, just jumping in. Um, it's a huge, huge week. It's like one of the biggest weeks of your life. You have your book out, your song out, all of these things. It's a celebratory week, but is it a hard week? It is. I think, you know, it's been a long time coming, anticipating all Mm -hmm. of this and the way that I've sort of described it. Because I've I've tried to be very intentional to not just race through all of mm-hmm. this. Because I think my my tendency would be this is awesome. Let's do more. Let's push forward, and for good reason because it's exciting. Yeah. But also to sort of try to not feel the depths mm-hmm. of the hard stuff. And mm-hmm. so I have tried, you know, on the days where I don't have anything going on or an afternoon where I don't, to really pause and be like check in and mm-hmm. see where. I'm really at, and and it's tender is sort of the word mm-hmm. I have used. Like, it feels kind of like a scar tissue. Like, I'm very aware of the reason that this is happening and the story that I've put out into the world. And But it feels, I feel more grateful than sad about it at mm-hmm. this point. It's just, that's the only thing I know to say is that it's tender, but I feel so grateful that even just three years after losing Ben, like it just mat. Like I see this and I'm like, this matters. Like mm-hmm. our marriage will always matter now because it will help other people get through whatever their hard season is. So like, I feel really grateful and a little, a little fragile, but mostly like, man, I'm so glad that this pain has a purpose and I can see it and hold it and like hear from other people what it means to them. In writing the book and having the launch and it being such a long process and being three years out, does it ever feel like you're two steps forward and one step back? Oh, the, yeah, the whole time. <laughs> totally. Yeah. That's what's, I'd, I'd say early on, like that's what's frustrating about grief, no matter what it is mm-hmm. that you're grieving. Because it, I just, I went into like my first counseling session I talk about and I legit thought like she, she, that she could give me a list of like what mm-hmm. to do. I was like, can you just tell me what to do? Because I hate being here. I don't want this to last any longer than it has to. And I just, I'll do all the hard things. Mm-hmm. Like I'll do, I'll do the emotional rehab, everything I need to do. I just want to get out of this. And it just doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Like it's not linear. There's not a to-do list. There's no boxes to check. You just do 24 hours at a time. And sometimes those are two or three steps forward. And sometimes it's like eight back. But mm-hmm. it just, you know, you do it one at a time and it gets a little easier with time. And you also get more familiar with how you have to hurt, mm-hmm. right? And how to like work through your hurt in your way. And that looks different for everybody. But it takes a while to learn that. And it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. 
What made you want to write the book? It it truly just started as an outlet for me. So um, obviously, dad is a songwriter. My mom wrote a book about their marriage that was a New York Times bestseller. I've always loved it, writing, reading, all of that, and studied it in college. And I've honestly always wanted to write books, and I just never really knew what about. Mm-hmm. And this obviously wasn't the story I ever imagined or planned to put out into the world. Um but when Ben died, it was really the only way that I knew how to process anything. Mm-hmm. Like I hadn't suffered really anything tragic in my life, you know, hard things, but nothing, you know, of that degree. And that just dismantled my whole life in that way, because it really mm-hmm. does, when, especially when you're so young and I didn't know what to do. Like I did, I had never been to counseling for anything. I was just like, I have no idea how to even like speak to myself about everything that I'm feeling and all the questions I have and like all the fears that I have. And so I just sort of word vomited everything because it's what came naturally to me. And it was about a year, year and a half later that I was reading another book um, by C.S. Lewis. And he wrote a little memoir after his wife died of cancer called A Grief Observed. And I was reading that and I remember such a, profound moment in something that he had written in there and thinking, God, somebody really gets what mm-hmm. I'm feeling. Like, this is what I've tried to say for mm-hmm. so long and I, I didn't know how. And so from there, I sort of thought, you know, wh- what about all this stuff I've been pouring out on paper? Like, what if there's something in here that could make you know one more person feel as seen and unisolated as I did? And so from there, sort of went back just through the journals and saw if any tried to see like what was I writing what were my big issues what were some like hopeful moments I'd had and sat down with all of it and tried to get it into somewhat of a format to like pitch to a publisher and we did and you know God just kept like opening doors and from there you know three years later it's a okay mamas ladies after having three babies I never thought I would wear an underwire bra again until I found skims so right before I had bear Skims sent me a couple of maternity bras and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to wear maternity bras. They're so uncomfortable. They're not for me. I tried them on. They are the most supportive, most amazing, only maternity bra I have worn this entire pregnancy. On top of that, the material is so soft and the straps are adjustable for maximum comfort and it fits every woman out there. They have a million sizes to choose from. My favorite Skims bra ever is the quote, fits everybody t-shirt bra and it's literally the best t-shirt bra I have ever worn it's seamless flawless perfect you're going to love it if you're a fan of no underwire the products I would highly recommend are the wireless form t-shirt bra and the no-show unlined demi bra I like the color sand because you can't see it through white t-shirts which is the color I usually go with but they have a color for everybody whether you're pregnant postpartum nursing or none of the above and you just want a good bra, go to Skims. They've got one for everyone. Shop Skims bras at skims.com. Now available in 62 sizes, 30A all the way to 46H. Plus get free shipping on orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select couple things in the drop down menu that follows. Skims.com book wow. <laughs> is c.s lewis your favorite author he's mine definitely yeah yeah mm-hmm. screw tape letters i feel like it's phenomenal it's so good <laughs> yes and oh the great gosh. divide is mere also christianity like, yeah it's like, all great 
I think the Chronicles of Narnia. Wait, yeah, yeah. Chronicles, Chronicles of Narnia. Like, I think don't do his writing is incredible in that, but totally. also he has so many deep philosophical. Like, he describes in screw tape letters the human condition. Unlike, <laughs> I'm not kidding. He goes through like literally. Oh yeah. However many like two dozen of like, hey, you're gonna experience this, and I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm freaking going through it's it. It's insane <laughs> insights. Like, yeah. And then grief observed, obviously being the one of his going through his grief. It just, he like, he just put words. I mean, you, you love him. Like it's, it's somehow so profound and descriptive and literary, but also it's just like you just said, like point blank. It's such a clear picture of humanity that you're like, wow. Like you're the number of people and conversations you must have had with people in your life is astronomical yeah. because you just get it. Do you think that'll be the effect that uh, this book has on people? People read it and be like, wow, this embodies my experience. So well. I hope so. I mean, that's my hope. You know, it, I've told friends and family and myself and the editors from the beginning through the whole process, like, I don't want this to get pigeonholed into a book about death. Like, that's mm -hmm. not what it is, even though we all experience that, you know, with our loved ones. Um, it's really just a book about being honest about your pain and like how to live into really hard hurt, but also not let go of hope, like in the same moment. And that's sort of talking about those rhythms. I had to learn how I had to do it. And, you know, my tendency would have been to run past the, the depths of the hurt and stay busy and do things and not take the moments to really sit in the hardest times where I wish he was there. Or he should have been there. It would be to just kind of blow past him and like the real healing doesn't happen until you go to those places. Mm -hmm. But if you go to those places and stay, you're in despair. Like you have mm -hmm. to hold both at the same time. So that's the, that's what I hope people get from it is that no matter where you are, like don't dismiss your pain because that's not helpful and that denies your mm -hmm. humanity, but also don't like sit in it and know that you don't have to stay there either. So, I mean, my story is really just the vehicle for, hopefully a place that people can find hope and resilience and sort of like refill their tanks when they're mm -hmm. feeling empty. You talk about in your book and then in all, all of your interviews, how your faith has pr pr like pretty much gotten you through everything. And we were talking about this <clears throat> prepping for this interview of you always speak in such a positive way of like, my faith will get me through this. Mm -hmm. And we also talk about mental health a lot in whatever in whatever capacity. But how do you allow yourself to go into the dark, you know, valleys of, of pain and sorrow and grief, but still come out of it? Does that make sense? Yeah. Without, yeah. without being positive, because you don't want to go into your deep valleys and be positive about it because yeah. it is painful. Yeah. How do you get there and come back? I think the biggest shift for me and the thing that I had to learn how to do is not try to fix those moments. Mm -hmm. Like I hate negative emotions. Like I am a glass half full all the time. I'm a forward thinker and I, I really, I'm a strong person. Like I really can handle a lot, but I think the fact that this was something I could absolutely never quote unquote handle mm -hmm. on my own forced me to be like, the emotions are not there because you need a solution. The emotions are just there because something awful has happened and like, that's okay. Mm -hmm. And so it's not that you're really taking those steps back when you go to the depths. It's just, you're really being honest about how awful your situation is. And, you know, as long as you go in with, I'm here 
to, I use the word I think in there, kind of purge something out, not to just wallow, then you know that you're going to come out stronger on the other side. I mean, y'all are athletes. Like Mm -hmm. physical therapy is literally forcing the part that's injured to work, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's kind of what it is. It's like you go in knowing it's going to be painful, but you push the part that's broken because you have to build it back. So I think as long as you can have that sort of mindset and not like, I'm here to make all these bad emotions go away, but you're here to understand how to how to walk through the bad and then know that on the other side, you're sort of rebuilding that hope muscle or like positive muscle or faith mm-hmm. muscle or whatever, you know, you need to rebuild. That's such a powerful concept. And I think in some ways, like the key to life mm-hmm. of being, I mean, it's like this concept of being present, being in the moment yeah. of whether it's a positive moment or a difficult moment, being there experiencing that to its full capacity yeah. as you have and then learning uh, learning through it yeah understanding that it's a phase right but like take taking time to stop and reflect uh, i was just thinking we're in a phase now with young kids with jet who's four months old now there's so many uh positive things that we're experiencing like it just it's unlike any other you know, baby cuddles are just like awesome. And like, you'll put his, you'll put your hand on him when he's sleeping and I'll like grab it. Like he's, it's the only thing he ever wants. And part of you is like, Oh, I'm going to remember this forever. Right. I'm going to remember this moment forever, but fast forward two weeks. And that's such an easy thing to, to forget. And so I've been really trying to practice this like reflection of that was so special. Like I want to write that down, record it. And then I can, I just think people, try to jump through phases too quick yeah. and don't take time to stop back, step back and appreciate, you know, where they're at for better, for like for better, for worse yeah. and whatever they're learning. So no, I'm so glad to hear you say that. And that has been one of the greatest, um, sort of changes in me as a person that I've experienced through all this is like, I just said, I'm a very forward thinker. I'm like, okay, I've achieved this. That's great. Like what's the next thing. Mm-hmm. And I think almost on the opposite spectrum, into the spectrum of like these these really rich moments of joy, even though y'all's lives are chaotic right now, they're just so full of joy. On the other side of that, you know, when joy seems totally absent for a little bit, mm. you want to get out of it quickly, mm-hmm. obviously. But I will say, you know, when you lose your spouse and especially so young, there is, at least for me, there is this very grounding just necessity of learning to be present because for a while, I mean, everything about my future, it sounds dramatic to say Mm -hmm. was erased, but it really was Mm -hmm. like, I had no idea what it was going to be, you know, from there forward. And to an extent, I mean, I still don't, but really none of us do. And I think Mm -hmm. in a really, you know, heartbreaking way, death does bring us back to the present because it's really Mm -hmm. the only thing that we can count on. And the good that's come out of that is exactly what you're talking about. It's sort of a patience with Hmm. the moments that are frustrating and just a a slowness of life that I didn't have before. And I'm really glad about that. Hmm. With grief and tragedy comes an influx of people who have their opinions and their, their comments and they're, you know, trying to help you. I feel like, two-part question for the most part society tries to paint this picture about like grief and loss as let it go move on you know heal and just move forward Mm -hmm. what would be your response to that and then 
the other side of that is what was the hardest thing to come from your loss, if that makes sense, with with the people who came out of the woodworks? Yeah, I mean, everyone will have opinions. I will say to my community, especially my close circle, they, uh, somebody else that I talked to last week, I was just singing their praises. They really could not have loved me better and, you know, been more present for me and, you know, just taken anything and everything that I said to heart gently. I mean, they really did an amazing job. And somebody who I told that to last week was like, it sounds like your people accidentally did this perfect. And I was like, you know what? That's exactly what happened. They did accidentally do this. Not perfect, but extremely well. And so I'm very grateful for that. But I, I have since gotten to know a lot of women who've been widowed really young and it breaks my heart because I don't think that's Mm -hmm. the normal experience. Like I think I had a really just blessed outlier experience. Mm -hmm. And I know from other people, it just creates divides. I mean, heartbreak and strain, it's just such a strain Mm -hmm. on all the relationships, you know, that you're a part of and that your loved one was a part of. And it's a very hard thing, but I think maybe in those circumstances, what I've heard from other people and what I've seen work is, you know, you just have to find your safe kind of inner circle and the people who really love you and believe how you do and prioritize things the way you do. And the people who are, you know, more gracious in general, because like this whole process takes a ton of grace, like Mm -hmm. from other people, for other people, for yourself, because it's not easy. You always screw up your patience and your, you know, wit is really short and people always say things that they don't mean. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, if you do have a lot of people coming in with opinions that may not be helpful, man, insulate yourself with Mm -hmm. a few people who you really trust and just keep your eyes on them. I mean, it's like, I can't imagine all the comments y'all get on social (laughs) media. It's like, it's not helpful to, Mm -mm. it's not helpful at all to see them all. You know, there's people that you go to for sound, you know, direction and counsel and like safety. And so I'd say, you know, build your, build your little team and trust them. And it doesn't really matter what anybody else thinks. You know, whenever I look at pictures of our kids from the past year, I'm amazed at how fast they're growing up. Oh my gosh, me too. And we've been doing a deep dive into old photos lately. Sometimes the thought hits me hard that I'm getting older too. And this has led me to think a lot about the legacy I want to leave behind, what kind of parent I want to be, and things like our family's financial security. We've been talking a lot about this recently and are excited to share that Fabric by Gerber Life makes it simple to get the protection that's right for your family. Life insurance doesn't have to be some big confusing topic. Fabric by Gerber Life was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. 10 minutes is crazy fast. Plus it's all online and on your schedule. No appointments, scheduling, or piles of paperwork. Just apply when it's convenient for you. This is the first company I've heard of where you can go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required, and they have a 30-day money-back guarantee. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash eastfam. That's meetfabric.com slash eastfam. M-E-E-T fabric.com slash eastfam. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states. Prices subject to underwriting and health questions. We'll also link it down below and let's get back to it. I want to take a quick break and like 
jump back a little bit before we keep going down this road. Um, what was your favorite date you ever went on with him? Oh my God. I'm so embarrassed the first one that came up because it's <laughs> actually not a date and it's so embarrassing, but I think I'm going to share it because it's funny. Um, the, the real answer is, well, they're both funny. One is he was a big hunter. Ben was a big okay. hunter. So grew up outdoors on the, you know, dad had farms that I, he's a big fisherman, but he never really hunted. So that was sort of new. When we were engaged, he took me turkey hunting, which in retrospect was probably my favorite because he was just so happy in the moment. I was completely whiny and negative <laughs> in every way. I, I put the stories in the book and we ended up like finally getting there. I mean, my like my mood is just plummeting by the second. Mm -hmm. Like it's freezing. It's dark. <laughs> like we've gotten up and walked around a million mm -hmm. times. Also, turkeys are terrifying looking <laughs> birds. Like they're really scary. Um, but we ended up what they call like do shooting a double and like we literally got two at the same time and he was just like what over the moon ecstatic about yeah it's wow. it was insane like he was holding a phone with his left hand and a gun with his right hand and like filming the whole deal you shot one he shot one yeah at same the same moment. time it's on instagram i could show you that's what amazing it's wild that's amazing yeah so that was really fun and it's a lot sweeter to me now the funny one which you may not want to hear and you could can edit out is was totally accidental so i am a sommelier i had a wine bar here for a couple of years um I'm glad and because you <laughs> you've got wine over there we do. Um, shut up I was gonna, hey you know I've this one that guy okay. Kirk casual yeah, okay well we have oh, that one he's so cool we have this one Beautiful Artemis classic. Okay, we're not as excited about the Artemis. Okay. No, it's better. Thank you. No, it's just the Vinky's like kind of a small production. I don't know what deal. this is, but do you know we just pulled that? three random ones. We're like, I wonder um, if she thinks these are better. I don't recognize. So oh, I'm about that. <laughs> you so, stumped me. It. <clears throat> it might be too early, but if oh my if, gosh, well, I don't. Um, maybe not. It is one p.m. <laughs> I mean, it's technically I mean, never too I'm early. I'm breastfeeding, so <laughs> yeah. She's <I'm laughs> okay. I interrupted the Somalia, but go ahead. So anyway, I, when I was opening Salt and Vine, I was just very busy, like working 15, 16 hours a day, whatever. Got a stupid traffic ticket, just like got stuck in the middle of an intersection. Mm -hmm. Moped cop gave me a ticket, whatever. Didn't think about it because I was working all the time. I also am the world's worst at checking the mail. Like okay. I actually thought about it, no joke, probably like three or four months after Ben died. And I was like, no one has checked my mail because <laughs> I never checked the mail. So long story, a little less long. I had gotten like a date to go to court and like pay the fee, mm -hmm. and whatever. Didn't get it because it was working all the time. Flash forward like two months. He's coming to the restaurant. It's Friday night. We're like going out to Ashland City because it's his, his uncle's like retirement party or something. So he's had dinner and drinks. I'm in the car. We're driving to Ashland City in the dark. I don't have any idea where we're going, but we're coming off the highway. And it's one of those where it's like 65 to like 35 in about oh, no. 50 yards. Mm. <laughs> I was like, Dang it. So we pull over and the cop's actually very nice. And he was like, did you know you're going how up 25 over the speed limit? And I was like, honestly, no. Told him the whole story. I have no idea where we are. He's like, pull over. Let me just make sure like. There's nothing weird on your record and you just slow down mm -hmm. and you're in town and I'll let you go. It's great. So oh, no. he pulls over, he comes back. He's like, I think you need to walk over to the back of my car. And I was like, can I ask you why? And he was like, do you know that you're driving on a revoked license? And I was like, oh, no, no, I physically gasped. So I think he believed me. And I was like, no, can you tell me why? And he was like, no, cause it's Davidson County. So 
Ben's an attorney, so he's like trying to play okay. Mr. Attorney and like has had multiple drinks at dinner. Oh, and no. I'm like, you need to just, shh, <laughs> you're not helping. Yeah. And so anyway, the guy is so nice. And he's like, I can tell that this is really an accident. I can either take you in now or you can come back on Monday and book yourself in the Ashland City Jail. Dang. So I'm like furious at this point because I had no idea. It was just a stupid like stop sign traffic ticket. And now my <laughs> license is revoked and I have to go get booked in the jail. Dang. So Monday morning is the very long answer to your question. One of the most comical, quote unquote, we called it a date we yeah. ever had. He like got me at 8 a.m., took me downtown. We like, reinstated my <laughs> license, drove to Antioch to like get whatever I needed to get, drove back to Ashland City, got there, booked me in the jail. What? And then had lunch like on the county square in Ashland City. Because <laughs> it was like, you've had a really bad day. Like, can I at least get you lunch? And I was like, I hate you and I hate everyone. But yes. Wait, how long were you casually... behind bars? I was not <laughs> technically behind bars. Okay. It was just to be fingerprinted. And uh, okay, I love okay, it. It's okay, like, okay. babe, drop me off at jail real quick. Yeah. And the Come best pick part me back was up. we had our lunch, our quote unquote date. I went to work and then I came home that night at like 11 something. He had gone to bed and left me a post-it note sleep tight my little fugitive on my oh, bed. and i was like God, i hate really you, sweet. you that is really sweet though <laughs> so way longer than you bargained for but that was the first thing i, I love that of. sleep tight my little fugitive yeah i want to hear the engagement story as yes. well do you mind sharing the engagement story was honestly the a little more low-key like in a wonderful way like i just didn't want a big thing and i mean the only pictures we really have are like selfies we took on our phones mm -hmm. and we were like in flannel and it was right when the leaves started to change here because he loved outdoors and was so excited about that and he borrowed a convertible of my dad's and like called the restaurant and like shifted everybody's schedule so i didn't have to go to work that day Damn. and we took like a picnic drive down natchez trace and mm. i think danced to george Strait on a cell phone and like popped a question and had champagne and just hung out there. And we sent, we saw all our family that night and everything, but dang, that's yeah. special. It was cool. It was Very really cool. special. Okay. I have a couple more questions okay. going back into present day, which is always hard. I, I also can't imagine you talking about this every day, especially for the past week. It's just, it's a very high, low situation. You support widows a lot in their healing and how, they have a community now where they can talk to and not feel isolated and alone. How did you find that community? And how did you first, for a lack of a better way to say it, digest the term? Um, so the community part is interesting because when, after I closed Salt and Mine, which was probably three months before Ben's accident, um, I was approached by a friend of a friend who now um, is my co-founder with a women's merchandise brand called Nashville. Mm -hmm. And we started building that that summer, like mm -hmm. right after I had closed Salt and Vine. And um, she's an adoptive mom, so she wanted to use the brand to give back to like adoptions, foster care, birth moms, that kind of thing. And we wanted a couple other missions to give back um, serving women. And so we, at that point, went to scripture and it says over and over, take care of orphans and widows. Mm -hmm. And I mean, at that point, I was 28, she was 30. And we were like, I have no idea what that's going to look like, but we'll figure it out. Like, I feel like this is something we're supposed to include. And then we added human trafficking because Ben was a district attorney for Davidson County and he worked a lot with the drug and trafficking courts. So we started doing all that and hadn't yet found a nonprofit organization mm -hmm. serving widows, really. And then Ben had his accident. And then when he died, we 
ended up delaying it a little, but we launched probably a month and a half or two months after he died. And so I remember literally calling Brooke as my co-founder from the hospital and being like, I can't do this right now, but you've got to find a group that serves widows. And she called back and um, she was kind of like, there's good news and bad news. The good news is I found one. And she was like, the bad news is there's almost nothing to choose from. Mm -hmm. So there really isn't very much out there for it. So we partnered with Modern Widows Club, which is a national organization, and they have chapters all over the country um, that serve women locally who've been widowed and then have since obviously connected with several others Mm -hmm. who I love and we work with. But that's sort of how it happened. And the founder of that has been such a mentor to me. And then, you know, as time goes on, it's just sort of organically, you end Mm -hmm. up meeting more people and this person knows this person and all of them call it a club you don't want to be in. But I mean, Mm -hmm. that's really what it feels like. So that's been incredible. And even today, you know, I get calls and texts more than you would know, Mm -hmm. especially about young women. Like I had coffee with a 27 year old young woman last week who's like a friend of my sister's from Texas or something and she was in town for a wedding and it was the first one she'd been to since her fiance died and we sat at Starbucks and just like I just validated everything she was going through and Mm -hmm. I remember thinking whoa I didn't ever imagine me being on this side of the table Mm -hmm. and like how powerful that is Mm -hmm. so it started through Nashville but it since has grown just so naturally because I just think we connect with each other in our pain you know which Mm -hmm. I hate is true but it is true and because I'm rambling I don't remember the other thing you asked (laughs) no you answered it all okay yeah Sean I got a question for you okay what is it on a scale from chug to sip (laughs) how would you rate your hydration style um interesting question I would say I'm a sip girl I sip on my coffee for literally hours and sip on water throughout the day what about you I would say I'm a chug type of guy, no doubt. But whether you hydrate to live or live to hydrate, liquid IV quenches your thirst faster than water alone. I actually really love liquid IV, especially since nursing bear. I feel like I'm always thirsty. I like that it's sugar-free and it's fun to sip on throughout the day. The flavors are really good, and I've loved having a flavored drink rather than just water in my cup. My favorite flavor is the lemon-lime, and Sean loves strawberry and tropical punch. It's crazy to me that one stick in 16 ounces of water has three times the electrolytes of leading sports drinks and eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness. Yes, sir. That's why they say it hydrates better than water alone. However you hydrate, grab your liquid IV hydration multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code EASTFAM at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today. Using promo code EastFam at liquidiv.com. What does uh, the the support of that club look like? Is Are there unique strategies or techniques used to, to help that group? Yeah, it's definitely like any sort of group sort of therapy or rehab model. Um, but they focus on everything. They do, obviously, mental, emotional spiritual health and have counselors and sort of um experts speak into all of that they have a whole like kind of curriculum or guide about how to deal with all the financial ramifications mm-hmm. of being with mm. you know so it goes from everything from yeah mental emotional to like really practical and you know they have certain um sort of speakers that deal with if you have young kids or you know all the list goes on and on mm-hmm. so it's it's really, it's cool. It's pretty all-encompassing. And if they don't have someone 
who can help serve a certain woman in a certain way, they just outsource it and find it. Wow. Yeah. You talked about earlier how when the accident happened, you pretty much, you're forced to live in the present. A friend of mine, really close friend of mine that I kind of grew up with, um, lost her husband. It was not even a year after they got married to stage four cancer. Mm-hmm. And fast forward, they've been, um, she, it's been about 10 years since, and she's gotten married. She's had three babies mm. and I will never forget her wedding. They actually honored him at the wedding and to see her now husband, he gave a speech to him at mm. the wedding. God, his so family sweet. was there and it was actually his dad that walked her down the aisle. I know future is pain just because it, it can mark a transition of not forgetting, but to a certain extent, yeah. moving to the next chapter. Mm-hmm. Have you allowed yourself to look into the future yet? Or are you still in the healing process of, I want to stay present? Yeah, it's definitely both. I mean, it's mm-hmm. definitely both. So I hear that story and it just makes me hopeful. I mean, mm-hmm. I've had to, that's why I told this woman at Starbucks two weeks ago. I've had to find those women in my life who I can look where they are and Mm -hmm. I can look to the stability they found or if they are remarried or Mm -hmm. if they have had kids and just the things that are still on my heart and are still dreams of mine. Mm -hmm. I, to remind myself that they're possible. Mm -hmm. And so that's super encouraging to me. And like all of the things that you just described are things that I've thought about, Mm -hmm. you know, at a wedding again, because it is the whole trick. It's the whole balance of, you're never moving on, but how do I move forward? Mm-hmm. And like, how do I, how do I bring someone along that in all honesty, I'm always going to love if mm-hmm. and when I fall in love with someone else. And like that, I don't have an answer for yet because that has not happened for me yet, but it's something, it's one of the scariest things to think about. Mm-hmm. And I, a good friend of my mom's, one of her best friends was widowed in her mid twenties. She was married to a NASCAR driver and she's been awesome for me. And she's 25 years out mm-hmm. now or whatever. And I remember her just saying, I know it doesn't feel like you can, but you really will be able to love Mm -hmm. two people Mm -hmm. the way that you love two kids or both your parents or two friends at once. And the right man will give the speech and Mm -hmm. will honor it and will carry it along with you because it's just part of your story. I wanted to look up some numbers. There's 13.7 million widows in the U.S. and 11 million of million of those are women, which is wild to think about. And I'm just, uh, you know, thinking about the impact that your book will have directly on and Mm -hmm. can potentially have on that number of people, which is so fantastic. But the great thing is too, this is not just about your specific situation. It's really about, as you said, your process of grief and sharing that story and and how can I apply that to my life and her apply that to to her life. Um, it's powerful, but Tell us about the title, Lemons of on Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that came <clears throat> out of like those original journals, just kind of like word vomit journals. And uh, I guess at some point I just remember like the old silly old saying, right? Like make lemonade out of lemons, like when life gives you lemons. And I just remember thinking like that's not possible with this. Like mm-hmm. there's no way I can make something good come out of this. But my biggest fear and truly like <clears throat> boldest kind of prayer the whole time was like, just make my pain matter. 
just just give it purpose and I can do it. Like mm. I can walk this if this is what you have for me, just make it matter. And so that's sort of where it started is like, all right, if we're if something quote unquote sweet is really gonna come out of this, like it's gotta be in God's hands because I can't do it. Mm-hmm. And then the Friday part came too, like you said, I, my faith has carried me through all of this. It's like I remember trying to hold on to the hope in the mm-hmm. really deep, dark moments and being like, I know, you know, God's going to make all things new. And like, I know he redeems everything for us when we give it to him. And how do I hold on to those things that feel as like exciting and hopeful as like resurrection Sunday. But really when we live this life, man, we feel like it's Friday. Like, and we're sitting there watching, you know, this, like the disciples did this man who said like, I'm going to bring you the kingdom, but we're watching him die. And so how do I believe the truth about all those promises when I'm looking at something Mm -hmm. really, really hard. And so that's sort of the two sides of that, but it just comes back to like the world is broken and how do we honor our pain, but also hold the hope at the same time. Is this your engagement ring? Yeah. Wow. That's cool. How tall did you say you were? Five, six. <laughs> <laughs> you like my blood ties <laughs> <of> this <laughs> resume? <laughs> it w- would be unlike Andrew to throw in, to not throw in just some random, random strange yeah. question. No. It's usually, five, six. yeah. I'm not going to tell you my weight, but we can move to like, <laughs> I'm O positive. Uh, this is my natural hair color. It's uh, great. Uh, favorite wine. Oh, oh, of yeah. Of those three? Do you have No, your own? just favorite I'm a, wine. I'm a very big champagne girl, like anything sparkly. Okay. I don't get it. I'm not going to lie. I know, but when you do get it, you'll never go back. Really? What it's, is there to get? I don't in. know. I just love it. It just is happy. You feel like you're always celebrating. That's how I feel about mayonnaise. Uh, this, huh. You bring up mayonnaise. So wow. he puts it. mayonnaise <laughs> on his Thanksgiving uh, turkey. <laughs> Do you know what's funny? Okay, I have a mayonnaise insider that you probably know. Then what if you if oh. you broil lobster tails in the oven? Okay. And you do mayonnaise, like cut it open and do the mayonnaise. They're like the juiciest you'll ever have. It won't taste like mayonnaise though, because I don't like mayonnaise. I was hesitant, but it's it's pretty good. We're gonna have How to broil lobster. Are you broiling lobster? I've only done it's lobster. like the turkey. I've only done it one time, <laughs> okay. but I stole the trick from a friend, and it totally works. Okay. Yeah. I'm gonna steal this question from him. <clears throat> this is one of his like go tos in any group setting of any kind, or if he meets someone new. What are you most excited about right now? I am really excited about Christmas. I know that's a lame answer, mm-hmm. but I just told. Jack, when we were driving up, I was like, I can't wait to drive around and look at the lights. Mm -hmm. And I can't wait to like, I don't even care about gifts. I'm like the worst gift giver. Like I'm thinking right now with the shipping delays, all my people will get something in February. (laughs) I don't know. I'm right there with you. I haven't started. Yeah. It's sort of with the slowdown, like the life slowdown thing. I, I love Thanksgiving and Christmas more than I ever Mm -hmm. have because just the hectic mess of Mm -hmm. it doesn't really, like, I don't really care anymore. Mm -hmm. So I'm pretty pumped about that. And I'm, I'm glad to say that because they were mm-hmm. the absolute hardest mm-hmm. for the last several years. And they still are. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'm pumped about it. Have you gone on dates? Yes. Uh. How is that? <sighs> Let me tell you, it's... It's not hopeful out there. Oh, no. Are you on in, in the mail department? I mean, yeah. I don't know. Like, just let me set the scene, though, because <laughs> I didn't until about a year ago, and I started feeling, like, ready. And a couple friends were like, mm-hmm. oh, friend of a friend, I'll set you up. And I was like, well, thank goodness. That's, yeah. at least I'm not on hinge, you know, yet. Yes. So, 
Um, <laughs> that happens very lackluster in every way. And then <laughs> pandemic hits. So I'm like, um, come on. Yeah. You're a 30 year old widow. Like everyone around you is either married, having kids or not divorced yet. Mm-hmm. And well, I'm going to get on at a dating app in a yeah. pandemic. You can't go do anything. That's yeah. what I mean by hopeless. I was like, yeah. God, I know like you have someone for me, but it's real hard to <laughs> yeah. see that right now. I will. I am curious though. Is dating hard? Yes, but did you just answer? I did. I answered my own question. Yes, I answered my own question. Um, (laughs) But I, I would imagine within the dating process, you found you found what you love. Mm -hmm. You found your guy. You know, do you do you find yourself looking for your guy, or are you trying to look for something completely different? That is such a good question, and this is where I'm super grateful for those mentors that Mm -hmm. I kind of have now. And and they all have sort of different answers, but that was a fear of mine because Ben was a very big personality Mm -hmm. and just like generous and excited and passionate and kind. And I'm thinking I go on these first several setup dates and I'm like, are these guys just this boring or Mm -hmm. am I just comparing them to Mm -hmm. him? And I mean, that's impossible not to do, but so I kind of talked this through with some other people and the general, the best answer I, I got from them was the best parts about him you will probably find in someone else. Mm-hmm. And the parts that are different, you just hope will be a little better. Like you just hope that there will be more maturity or mm-hmm. stability or whatever was lacking. And so I think that's really hopeful because for a minute I was like, okay, I'm just going to, it's just never going to be that vibrant of a person again. Mm -hmm. And I think I started to believe that. And I, you know, I've met people that do have that. They have like the Ben thing a little bit. And that's really, that's really good. And I, I didn't expect that to be the case. So now I do believe that's possible. So you're in zero dating apps. (laughs) Is our time up? I, I, I did a bumble for a minute And to be honest, I just don't like, I can't put the time into it that I think you have to have. Yeah. Like, you gotta be, it's You're like busy. a full time job, that thing. Yeah. And I don't know. You know, I just, I'm impatient and yeah. it just feels a little, I, I'm not knocking it. I think it's a really good thing. I have a lot of friends that are happily married through all of that. I think with my story being so public and my family being yeah. public, I, I was hesitant for, I think, probably reasonable, mm-hmm. you know, reasons. Absolutely. What's the book you most recently read besides your own? I'm currently reading multiple books. I always read multiple at a time, just depending on my mood. How? Um, Wait, that just registered. How? You get you line them up like one, two, three books, and you just read the. Top I would get lost in the storylines <laughs> like that. Well, I read a lot of nonfiction, um, so it's not necessarily storylines. But I'm just read one called um, "Gentle and Lowly," and it's about like the heart of Christ, which is so mm. amazing because it just makes you want to be like, you're truly the best friend I could have ever imagined. It was really cool. It's a short book. It's like not a hard read, but it's really dense. Mm. Um, and then I honestly very seldom read fiction, but I am reading one called The Tattooist of Auschwitz. It's like about the guy who tattooed the numbers on everybody at the concentration camps. Dang. It's, yeah, it's not light, but it's a really good I was going to say, do you ever read any comedies? (laughs) No, I'm just a very dark person. I was going to say, that I would actually love that. I was going to read that. Yeah. Recommendation to read The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. You're talking about your holidays. I love that. You've read it? No, but I love that title. No, no, you'll love it once you actually read it. That's his recommendation to the world. Excellent. What is Maddie short for? Just Maddie. That's it? Mm Mm-hmm. 
Okay. M-A-T-T-I-E. <laughs> How are you going to say, no, are you sure? It's just a unique spelling with the two T's. Yes, it is. Hmm. So you're not going to tell the story behind it or. It was my grandmother's. Okay. It's <laughs> okay. not a real exciting story. I was, you also realize as parents, she doesn't name herself. There's a story behind it. <laughs> yeah, okay. Let's do the thing where we ask a question and then answer it ourselves. Yeah. Like you did. I like, I like. It's dating <laughs> hard. Okay. It's dating hard. Yes. Yes. Uh, okay. Um, okay. We'd like to close uh, with if you were going to give, based off your experience or advice that you've been given, one piece of marriage or relationship advice, Maddie. This is going to be tough, but what would that be? Can I have an answer with a caveat, like a subtitle? Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. Um, I remember when we, when Ben and I were like doing premarital counseling and all of that, um, just the guy that was helping us through it, saying at the very end of a session where I think we probably seemed like deer in headlights mm-hmm. kind of situation, and him being like, all this is important, but like bottom line, you want to come home at the end of the day and you want to build your life with a person who is fundamentally kind. Mm. And I just remember that hitting so hard and being like, well, that seems obvious, but on the worst days you, you do need someone strong and you do need someone, you know, that you're physically and emotionally compatible with. It's like, but at the end of the day, like when life sucks, you need somebody who's really kind. Mm. And the caveat and subtitle of that being for me, what I learned even in the short time of our marriage is like, forgiveness is number one Mm -hmm. and for what it's worth i think i needed it a lot more than he did but he was such a generous forgiver in a way Mm. that i was more resistant to that and i think i cherish that so much now Mm. maddie thank you so much for joining us for those listening that want to check out maddie's book called lemons on friday just recently launched we'll link it down below um also her socials and the song racing in the dark that her and her father co-wrote is that fair to say which is really a awesome story about perspective change totally yeah what i took from it it. um but uh and then a couple of to-do items uh check out nashville or sorry nashville yeah did i say that right yeah um i'll cook some lobsters broiled in the oven with mayonnaise don't forget to check your mail though that would be the last <laughs> yes, I will check your mail. Yes. put that I in your do calendar regularly now good, okay, okay. Good. that's a good habit yeah. to form um <laughs> good anyway good form. thank you so much for the time it's a pleasure dude, to meet thank you. y'all yeah. i'm glad to yeah. be with you you say dude yeah, I okay, didn't accidentally good, good, good. Yeah. I don't no, know where I, I love came that. from. No, she's I'm a lot more eloquent than that. <laughs> I, I, I love I, it. I thought I heard it earlier, and I was like, okay, I just want to make sure. It's you good. know, it's funny, though. It's like, I love it so much, that I'm like, yeah. My nickname my, my nickname is Bro, so dude is like fully within. What's the story yeah. behind Bro? I guess I said it it's a just lot. Bro? Yeah. and I think he said it a lot, so his whole college football team called him that. When bro. we started dating, I called him that, which yeah. is kind of strange. I was like, what's up, bro? <laughs> I always felt weird being what's around up? the football team, being like, hey, babe. So I was like, hey, bro. Bro. Oh, so gotta speak the language. We, yeah. we can cut that part out of the interview, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. there you go. <laughs>